Everybody, welcome to an episode of Real Drinks with A. Ali Flores. I'm your host, A. Ali Flores, and this is the fun podcast where we're going to talk about movies and we're going to drink. And you know what? That's that's the most fun. That's when you drink and talk about movies. And today, our guest is a longtime friend of mine, Mr. Frank Cardillo. Frank, how you doing? Ali, what is going on? Not much, brother. Not much, man. Thanks for coming on, man. No, it is my pleasure. I'm happy to uh, participate, and I'm happy to drink. Of course. Excellent. So <laughs> Frank and I go way back. Um, we met back in 19, gosh, 95? The quarter century, my friend. The quarter Holy century. Wow. 25 <laughs> years ago. We, uh, we went to uh, UCF together. Boom. Yeah. And uh, theater department uh, mm -hmm. where we excelled in softball. We did. We, uh, we probably should make our own movie about a theater softball team. <laughs> I think it'll go a long, long way. I just love the fact that all the like the the fraternities and stuff like that they were all they were always angry when we'd beat them. Yes, they were. I we're mean, losing to theater people. Yeah, they were excited to play us and angry when it was over. Is it was it kind of shocking that we had a lot of athletic people in the theater. One, yeah, we had a lot of people willing to play, a lot of athletic people, and I, I think what really worked for us is we had. We knew how to build an ensemble. <laughs> and so the team aspect of it, I think, outweighed a lot of, you know, and, and was a big factor in a lot of the games we played. Yeah. We were really yeah. supportive of one another. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> and then we brought in some ringers, you know, some oh, yeah, people that well. were close to us, like my roommate. And mm -hmm. he and I, you know, we, we played baseball growing up together. And Rick was massive. That's always so, the wild card of, of, the, of the sports movies. You got to bring in the, you got to bring in a ringer. You got to bring in the heavy. <laughs> And then we got to figure it out without them when they're not there. That's when, the, that's when it picks up. <laughs> like, oh, he's not going to be here today. What do we do? <laughs> <laughs> so, Frank, you've been, doing, um, you've been doing a lot of acting. You know, you've mm -hmm. been doing, I know that you've been doing, um, what is it, the Sterling Renaissance yep. Festival? I've been doing the so, Sterling Renaissance Festival for about 20 years. Mm -hmm. Holy cow. Yeah. So talk to me about that. What, what happened? I've never been, so I don't know what, what it is. I had never been to a Renaissance Festival before I auditioned in 2000, but what I did, and you uh, know this too, Ali, is I was a big fan of interactive participatory theater, improv theater, as it were, uh, the Citizens of Hollywood over at what is now Disney's Hollywood Studios. Growing up as a teenager, that is what basically made me want to be a performer. And Gary Izzo, who is active in the origins of that uh, troupe, was the is still the creative director at the Sterling Renaissance Festival, and I wow. thought I had just moved back to New York City, and he uh, was holding the auditions in New York City, and I was like, you know, maybe this is a way for me to learn how to do this the right way, and it was, and I and I really enjoyed I enjoyed being upstate New York all summer long, out of the city. I enjoyed doing that kind of theater. Still enjoy, you know, I only go back part time now. And uh, but when I do that, the rush of interacting with the audience and having them keep me on my toes is, you know, the greatest. That's awesome. Now, I, did you ever dabble? Did you ever do any of the film television stuff? When I was in my 20s was not my thing. You know, could I could I see myself going back to that someday? Perhaps. But uh, at the time, it just didn't do it for me. I needed the rush, I, you know, and I think that plays into the athletic aspect of it, too, of growing up with sports. Um, it was an easy transition to theater in some ways. Nice. So, all right, let's get down to business. Um, we talk about movies here, and what I like to do is bring on a guest, and we'll talk about one of your favorite movies, and which movie are we talking about today? We are talking about 1989's Major League. Major Boom. League. Yeah. Starring Charlie Sheen. Man, I, I, it's one of my favorite movies as well. Um, mm -hmm. I love that movie. Um, we, are, so we are men of a, a men of a similar age. I feel like that is, that is a, you know, a, a, a big movie, a seminal movie in our life. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, and there are a lot of baseball movies out there. Um, you know, you've got, you know, Bull Durham, another good one. You've obviously, 
you've got Field of Dreams, um, The Natural, Eight Men Out, you know, all these great movies. What is the what makes this movie stand out? What's really funny uh, to me, especially revisiting it here the last couple of days, is that yeah, Major League came out a month, a month and a half before Field of Dreams, and uh, a couple of years before, uh, after rather, Bull Durham. And I feel like some people in our age range are very much like Bull Durham. Bull Durham was my baseball movie, and I like call BS on that. I think Major League. <laughs> I, I think you're just saying that because it's the it's the cooler movie to pick. But Major League, everyone who played baseball played on a team of misfits at some point. And often baseball movies are misfits. But if you really, when you break it down, what it does really well underneath all the hijinks and the shenanigans and the extraordinary characters is it has a lot of really good baseball details. And it has a, you know, it plays to big moments really well. And I mean, I'm sure we'll go into some of those bigger moments, but all the, what's layered underneath, and this is a testament to the screenwriter slash director, that it really focuses on connecting the characters of the story within those bigger moments. Okay, before we get too deep into the conversation, because you're bringing up some really good stuff, um, let's, let's talk about the second half of the. Um, real drinks part. Um, I like to ask my guest what kind of beer or drink that you like to have either while, you know, just watching a movie or create a, a drink um, based on the film. Mm-hmm. And you've chosen... I have chosen uh, the Holy Mimosa, which is a drink that is sometimes served at the Great Lakes stand over in Progressive Field, what used to be Jacob Field, the Jake, what have you home uh, of the Cleveland Indians. And uh, I recently have come, I've learned about the drink and I am a, I live in New York city. So I'm a big brunch guy. So I like mimosas. I like, I like those kind of drinks. So I thought this was one worth trying for the first time here on real drinks with Ayali Flores. I love it. So you've never had it before. I've never had it. I'm doing it right here for the Shut first up. time. Yeah. Yeah. True, what are, what true are the ingredients? What it tell, okay. tell the, Viewers, listeners, what well, is this? It? Is the listeners, but just in case, oh, we're I, know, I got the visual. I got the visual going too. So yeah, this will be on YouTube. So. Yeah, there you go. So I got the Great Lakes Brewing Company Holy Moses White Ale. So okay. Great Lakes Brewing Company, based out of Ohio. I'm gonna put that down there. And then what you do here? I'm gonna bring it over. I got the bottle right here. So you pour the bottle in the big glass. I already set up my garnish. I'm ready. Wow. So you know, I'm not the best pourer in the world, so we really don't know how this is going to go along the way here. So I'm really excited to oh, see. I already I got to save some room. So for it's these. just the beer. And it's the beer. Wait for it. I got the orange juice right here. Now, it doesn't have to be orange juice. It can be pineapple juice. It can be grapefruit juice, whatever your fruit juice of choice is. Uh, okay. the, I, have, I have selected the orange juice because I am a classic mimosa. Excellent. So, so this, those are the two ingredients. That's it. Juice, okay. beer. I'm going to go get mine. All right. You do we're it. We're drinking I'll this together. Yeah. All right. Second. We'll do it you, for the first time. I'll vamp. I'll vamp. vamp. <laughs> I'll vamp. So again, the 12 ounces of the white ale and the four ounces of the juice, whatever that juice happens to be. So I'll try to measure this out to one third here as I wait for Ali. I'll do it real slow, like along the way. And now I will wait. It'll give some time to get in there. And uh, I'll vamp a little more. I'm the Great Lakes Brewing Company of Ohio. My good friend Charles, he's from Ohio. Uh, And the Holy Moses White Ale, an intrepid crew of spices and orange peel blaze, a trail to a refreshing, light-bodied landing. Fancy. And now he's back. I'm excited. I'm excited. (laughs) So I went with the, if it'll pick it up, it doesn't really pick it mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. It is Love the it. Ein, Einstock White, nice. Icelandic White Ale. Yeah. Couldn't find the, the Great Lakes in Old Town. A little different. I could not. Uh, I actually had a hard time finding this one. <laughs> I went to a couple of different um, liquor stores. Mm-hmm. 
And a buddy of mine who enjoys beer, I reached out to him. I said, where do you get your rare beers? It's hard to find. He go, and he told me a place, uh, Regency in Winter Garden, for those mm-hmm. of you listening oh. in that area. Okay. Um, they've got great beer. And I went over there. I said, I'm looking for a white ale. He goes, how did you know? We just got these in two hours ago. Yeah, he goes, you came to the right place. He goes, these are your best white ales. So I was like, okay, I will try this. So you just pour the white ale. Mm-hmm. It was meant to be for you to find the white owl this glorious yes. day. There you go. Yeah, you're better poor than I am. I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> I don't have the fancy garnish, though. But I do have the vintage Tampa Bay oh. Devil Rays glass. There you go. That's yeah, baseball-themed. Yes. Well, it's acceptable. It's the only thing we'll, I had. We'll take it. And my orange juice. And your orange juice. Orange juice. What? I had a Minimade bottle there. What is your orange juice of choice, typically? My orange juice is simply orange. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm basic. I'm yeah. basic. And are you an alcoholic, or is it just that you're dehydrated all the time because you live in Florida and I'm you can't keep up? dehydrated all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I like that. It gave it a nice color with the orange juice. It looks good. Yeah. Here we go. All right. Ready? Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that's nice. Oh. Hooray. I like it. Oh, that's good. That's dangerous good because that <laughs> that's stuff that you keep drinking and you don't mm-hmm. think you're getting drunk at the baseball field. That's right. And you're like, you're like, all right, we're at the park. We're having a good time. It's like, man, that was really refreshing. I'll, I'll grab another one. And the sun is hot and you're dehydrated. That's how it goes. <laughs> and then four of these later, you're like, I need an Uber. <laughs> Ali, Ali, you're, you're still in the stands. I don't know. I don't know where my seat is. I think I saw you do that at a uh, Chicago Cubs minor league uh, game in Orlando many years ago. <laughs> we didn't have Ubers back then, but similar. But let's not let's let's not bring up old shit, dude. Let's not bring up old shit. Why are you going to bring up shit like that? Okay, so that's delicious. The holy mimosa, man. That's holy good. mimosa. Okay, so baseball. It's a great baseball film. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. People that play baseball. You played baseball. You started when you were little, correct? Yeah, I played Little League from when I was six, and I played until the fall semester of my freshman year of college when I realized it was over. <laughs> my now, arm now, was what done. was that like? Because I have my story of that. What was it like for you? It actually, I'm sure if it was current day situation, I would have had Tommy John surgery in 10th grade. Ooh. And because uh, I think something was wrong with my elbow uh, from throwing, I played third base. I threw hard from third base, mm-hmm. and I think I just blew it out when I moved up varsity in tenth grade because I was trying to prove myself, yeah. and uh, and that carried over through all the way through that freshman year. You know, they tried to move me to first base, but my glove was too good, so they had to keep me at third. They had no one else to play the position as well as I did there, glove wise, and they just that I would get the throws over, as did I, uh, you know, <laughs> and uh, when it got to freshman year of college, you know, they still need a third baseman. And I had trained with the college coach for a couple of years prior to that. And I didn't, uh, you know, and I didn't, it was immaturity back then, too, because I didn't really have a serious talk with him about it. But I didn't want to disappoint him. And I didn't want to disappoint myself. And I couldn't. It, you know, the anxiety of it was, it was too much at that point. Right. It, it was already, you know, two, two and a half years plus pushing myself like that. And I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was, uh, I played um, college, junior college, played um, for like six minutes, um, really. <laughs> um, we were walk-ons. We were already set. Now, here's the thing. Me and my buddy were already set to play. For another junior college, uh, Manatee Community College, mm-hmm. um, they were they had a great baseball team. Um, we had another friend who graduated a couple years before us, who, in all honesty, should have gone pro. That kid was yeah. just a phenom. He was phenomenal, right. uh, natural talent, speed, glove, bat, mm-hmm. like everything. Man, the guy was good. Yeah. Um, but as some stories go, you know, you get your girlfriend has a baby. You end up thinking you got to go home and work, and it just, you never go on. Right. But we were ready to go there, and then my buddy goes, hey, man, um, my, my dad does a lot of work in North Florida and Mariana. He was talking to their coach, and they need a second baseman and a left fielder. Mm. And I'm a second baseman. He was an outfielder, mm-hmm. and he goes, why don't we go talk to the coach? So we go talk to the coach. He's like, I'd love to have you boys here. Um, you know, I looked at your stats, did the whole thing. We 
come on. And yeah. at that time, Chipola was nationally ranked as far as junior colleges. Where okay. they, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so we're there. We come in. We start practices. We're, we're, <laughs> what was funny is like they had us, first thing is they were putting in new irrigation in the, um, in the field. So we're digging ditches. I was like, we could have stayed home for this, dude. This is, this is, this is like, home. Wait a minute. <laughs> um, so we're going through practices. And then a nice show called The Nerd happened, and I got cast. Uh-huh. And, you know, it wasn't going to interfere with games, but it would have interfered with practices. Right. So I remember going to Coach Hughes, going in his office. Said, hey, Coach, I talked to you. He goes, hey, what's going on, Flores? I said, listen, I'm, I'm a theater guy, and this <laughs> is what I'm going to do. So I, gotta, I just got cast in a play. It will mean that I'll miss some of the practices, but mm-hmm. it won't, I won't miss any games. Even when the shows are happening, it should be fine. And he's just like, what are you going to make more money out of? What, what's your passion? I like, go. What do you mean? He goes. He's. Let's think about it, man. What are you? What are you? Four eleven. I go. Five six. <laughs> he, goes, he goes. You're not that fast. You know. You've got a great glove. Um. You've got a good bat with no power. He goes. You're a base hitter. Yeah. Um. But you're not fast. He goes. I'll be honest. You'll probably be able to transfer to a mm-hmm. Division One team, and you might kick around in the minors if right. you work really hard. But is that what you want to do? And I go. So what you're saying is stick with baseball. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, is this what you're going to do for the rest of your life? And I go, yeah. And he goes, well, then I would go do that. I said, yeah. all right, coach. I mean, I didn't get into performing until my senior year of high school. And half of that was because I was getting into it. But the other half was like, I was trying to impress a girl. And I know during like the early practices of my senior year, the, the musical was going on. And I remember vividly the stage manager walking down so that I would just go in for the run through of the one scene I was in. And, and I just remember like walking like in my uniform, like in my practice clothes or whatever, you know, whatever to the stage to run through my scene. I was like, wow, did I just pick this over staying at baseball practice? It was like little things like that along the way. And the college that I went to did not have a theater program. And that was something I definitely missed my yeah. first semester of college and i transferred immediately to a different college that spring so we've we've both got baseball in our blood and i think that's why we're drawn to this movie so much mm-hmm. and i think do you think it translates to non-baseball people does it really translate well i think it depends on what you <laughs> what you do in life and i think a lot of especially during this period of time where we're on a little thing called teams all the time or your zoom meetings all the time is we're more and more working in this team format. Maybe it plays a little bit more, but I think if you've had, as I mentioned, an ensemble in your life or a team in your life mm-hmm. uh, that you've worked closely with and you all have your quirks and peculiarities along the way, you know, if you watch something like uh, an Aaron Sorkin, you know, sitcom or or the west wing or whatever he has written he always has these ensembles with their quirks and everything i mean it's pretty much the sports movie dynamic you know they all they all have their foibles and so i think on the surface it's not something a non-baseball fan will be drawn to but i think once if you see it from uh with an open mind Mm -hmm. i I think it can be uh, romanticized okay okay so we're talking to non-baseball people because I, I, I would, I'd be willing to bet every person that's played baseball, at least in our age group, has seen this movie. Definitely. And I, I'm willing to bet people that are playing baseball now have probably seen, that are in college right now, have probably seen this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, through their dad or mom or whatever, whoever liked the movie. It's like, you got to watch this movie. It's great. So here you go. I want you to give the synopsis of the film and pitch this to non-baseball people. A team of unique individuals are brought together to overcome a company's history of losing and the uniformity of team outweighs the glory of victory. Wow. You got to throw in the love story, though. You got to have oh, yeah. the love story in there. Listen, as well. we all wanted to drive a bullpen car to our girl's <laughs> house. Come on. <laughs> so, 
So this movie, I, I love this movie. There's so many great moments in, in Major League. Um, I mean, as soon as it starts, you've got Randy Newman singing the theme song, and it's just showing clips of Cleveland. Um, and then you get the, um, the workers, the, the right. Japanese guys. Um, Everyone is just over it. And I mean, oh. listen, you know what? When did the Cavaliers finally win the title? Cleveland suffered. For nearly 30 years past 1989, they were already suffering about their sports. Cleveland. And, <laughs> Cleveland for you. Cleveland. <laughs> to you. Ali and I were at the House of Blues when they lost Game 7 of the World Series to oh the Marlins God, in 1997. <laughs> God, that's true. How do you remember this stuff? I got a weird memory, man. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the, you know, that's the... The, like the movie immediately kind of reels you in that way because this the city is suffering in a great way, much like how March to May of 2020 was in in the world. Of uh, we needed a lot of people wanted sports. They were like, we need sports back. They needed a place to go to because sports helped them escape. They went to theater. Yeah. Where arts helps you, escape. baseball, football, whatever helps you escape. I think this was a clever trick by the producers or the writer, whomever, um, mm-hmm. was to not only do an underdog story, but there, there are a lot of underdog movies as, as, as sports figures, but they're making up the teams, you mm-hmm. know, like the replacements and things like that. Right. This is a real underdog team. Yeah. Like you've already got people that know that the Cleveland Indians are notorious <laughs> for losing every year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they, yeah, that was a big part of it. I think uh, the screenwriter slash uh, director David S. Ward, he it was from a suburb of Cleveland, so he had a, he had lived through that suffering, and so I think it really comes right out. I mean, the guy the guy won an Academy Award for this thing for writing the screenplay, so he knows he knows how to play those heartstrings, I think, and, and do the character. Yeah, yeah, it's it's for those of you um, that have never seen it. Um, they're going to be spoilers, sorry, but it's, it's essentially, it's uh, the Cleveland Indians, the owner uh, has passed. His wife uh, is taking over the team, and she wants to move the team to Miami. And um, the only way she can get out of her contract is to get attendance so low that they are allowed to move the team. So she decides to bring in these loser um, players. And one of my favorite things is that meeting of, here are the players we're inviting. And one of the guys goes, this guy's dead. Well, <laughs> scratch him off the list then. <laughs> yeah, and, it, yeah. She's such a such a great character, and I think I did. If I remember correctly, I, I, it wasn't March shot, but who is the? It was a football. It was football. It was uh, the L.A. Rams owner. I think. Oh, it was a similar uh, situation. Type of thing, yes. Yeah. Same thing. I don't know if she moved them to St. Louis or if she was the one or. But it was a similar story. And I think it's so ironic that the Indians did lose that 97 World Series to the team based in Miami. It's a little, it's a little, <laughs> a little thing I love about that. Oh, my God. Yeah, so she does that. She decides to get the worst players. And she, and I believe the only other person to know is the, the general manager. She's like, mm-hmm. I want them to lose. We want to do this. And they start, they bring in these misfits, uh, Charlie mm-hmm. Sheen. Um, the, Harvey uh, Marinson. Yeah, yeah, Corbett Burnson, um, yeah. you know, uh, God, Wesley Snipes, oh, yeah. Maze Hayes, you mm-hmm. know, all these great, uh, great actors. Um, and they really, it is an ensemble piece. It really is a good, um, good movie for that. And then, then it becomes a, you know, it's a, it's a underdog story. You know, yeah. they're like, you know what? Let's, they do it for spite. And that's, there are so many people <laughs> that are run on spite. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, no. It's more of a, you know what? You don't think we're going to win? Fuck you. We're going to win. We're going to win. We are winning. I'm take, we're doing it in spite of you. Mm-hmm. And that's what they do. Well, yeah. And the casting is, is so well done. And because you look at the character actors, but also uh, both Wesley Snipes and Rene Russo, who, are, who then became like superstars because mm-hmm. of this movie. And, you know, and, uh, but underneath, yeah, it's those characters. And, and I think the, the glue, the bond, that holds it all together is James Gammon as as Lou Brown, the manager. Like, yes. Like if you're like, who's your favorite character? In it? Is it is it Vaughn? And I'm like, no, it's, it's Lou Brown. And the, I mean, it is that is the coach I wanted. When yes. I was, you know, that He's age. So great, like, and just the voice. Come on, mm-hmm. 
Nice oh. catch. Don't ever fucking do it again. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah. like he, he smoked. He smoked cigarettes in the womb. Like that voice. <laughs> that's that's the thing. It's like holy cow, dude. Um, I love his line when they ask him, "Hey, do you want to be the? Uh, how would you like to manage the Indians?" Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I got a, a guy out on the other line who wants a pair of white walls. He's, wor- he's working in like the tire shop in the off season because he's a minor league coach. But that also, again, is things you forget. Like back then, is that so many ball players had jobs in the yeah. off season because you know the money wasn't there back then. Uh, <laughs> but everything, and I go back to those details and the things that were happening underneath, and the fact that they leave in during the whole big wild thing entrance. Uh, when he just, they leave the moment of him, he likes it up and up out over the plate. So bust him in. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that you're leaving that much in. And then at the end, he's like, you're my guy, go get him. Like, yeah, you want the, like the affirmation. I was like, that's what I want. I want that. I want the coach to speak exactly. to me that way. Yes. You know, you're my guy, go get him. That's what I want to hear when you're a tough ass. You better, you better follow it up with that. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> let's do it. Um, a little bit of trivia. They do like nowadays, you know, they kind of, you bring in 50 extras, mm-hmm. and then you just map it. You digitally recreate them all over the <laughs> right. stands, and now you've got mm-hmm. a full thing. They had 20,000 fans, extras, mm-hmm. that were there. Yeah. So they were yeah. able to really shoot, you know, sections of the stadium. Sure, mm-hmm. they had to move them around, but 20,000 yeah. people for to be extras. It's really and, – and I think that's what makes, you know, no spoilers, but the – glory of the uh, of the slide at home there at the end I don't, I, i'm sure you're gonna get there eventually but the the fan the fan those extras were so into it and yes. I, it really made it really enhanced the environment and the atmosphere yeah i think this this film is shot really well mm-hmm. um i bel- I, I think that you know just some of the i, I I'm, I'm assuming the dp you know created a lot of these shots and the director wanted that stuff to be done but it looks really well done, mm-hmm. um, you know, bringing the fans in, catching, and it looks like they catch, just like a real game, you catch people at certain moments, parts of the section, they don't even realize they're on camera. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And right. I think, I, I, I have a feeling, because I've done, you know, some television, some movie right. stuff, that they were, they were, they kept, you know, they just said, all right, I need some big stuff, big blah, 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 mm-hmm. you know, go crazy, do your thing. Um, some of you guys are bored. Some of you guys are doing this, but we got to make it real. Mm-hmm. And they just kept going. They're like, we're just going to keep the camera going for as long as we can do it, and which catches some people doing some stuff. But it yeah. looks very real. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and it's different because the baseball games I'm watching now, <laughs> fans are horrible. I mean, oh. I, I, they're, they're practically wooden over at City Field when I'm watching Mets games. <laughs> oh. No energy whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> All it reminds me of by doing that is, um, and I just saw this movie recently. Um, uh, God dang it. What's it called? Hot Shots. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. um, Lloyd Burge is going, hey, hey, Jimmy, Jimmy. And he's looking at a painting. He goes, mm-hmm. I went to school with that guy. Nothing. This is a painting. <laughs> and, uh-huh. you know, and that, but that's a great point. Just in general, mentioning Hot Shots, but, you know, coming off like, airplane movies and naked gun naked gun was a couple of years before major league like so that's that's what comedy was to me during that time and and this was something i loved baseball with with the goofy comedy that i was really starting to like but underneath it was this heart that i, I think goes a long way the, you, you got a sense that the players really cared about one another and th- that's what makes a film that's what and that, that's what makes a comedy is the real that's what i try to tell people don't ever try to be funny just be real, and then the comedy comes from that. Um, yeah. If you, you're sitting there always, like back in the day, it was always waka waka, you know, yeah, right. there's the joke. Yeah. I just showed you punchline. Here's where you're supposed to laugh. Mm-hmm. But there are great moments in that, that film where things are so funny, but it's, it's based out of the real part. And then you've, it, it's got a lot of heart to it. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Serrano, um, who, by the way, Best Spanish accent ever in a movie. Is that yeah, you're going? You going there? That, I mean, it's it's that one, and then Al Pacino in Scarface, <laughs> like right there. Best Spanish accent oh ever gosh. in a film. 
It's so bad. It's so bad. Um, because, and it's not when he's speaking English, and it's when he's speaking Spanish. Right. It's so bad. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you've got the moment with him where, you know, he comes out in the beginning, he's like, hats for bats. Gracias. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, whoa, you can't have that. And, you know, at the end, they're all, you know, they're friends. They, you know, they, and you've got, you've even got um, the pitcher. Oh, God, what's his name? Um, who's got Barbara Doll? He's got Barbara Doll. Rub a little jalapeno in my nose. nose. Get that I knew you were going to go there. So I'm like trying to scroll through to make sure that's... I can find his character's name. Ah, uh, what's his name? I can't believe I don't, I don't have that in my head right now. It's, um, it's Harris, right? It's Eddie Harris. Harris. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So, and then you see him warming up for that big game, and he's got Joe Boo next to him. Like, yeah. it's like they had that rivalry going. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it tackles a lot of uh, issues, I feel like. You know, he definitely, you know, Harris is very Christian, and, and Serrano is Serrano. And I've, you know, to see them able to come together and meet in the middle, I mean, boy, would we use a little more of that in our lives right, right now. Right. <laughs> he, left, he left Cuba for religious persecution. What, what's he, what, what religion? Voodoo. <laughs> no, yeah. some of my favorite quotes of all time come from that movie because it's going to come from the character we have not talked about, who I feel <laughs> is the heart and soul of this movie, mm-hmm. and that's Harry Doyle. Yeah. Um, Bob Euchre's Harry Doyle is so good. He it, does what he does for Major League basically what john williams did for the original star wars movie he is the soundtrack of that movie wow. <laughs> I, I went there too that's Whoa. how i feel yeah it Dude. is he i mean the energy involved the highs and lows when they're bad his energy and when he's up he's up i mean it really everything about it is so great oh it's phenomenal it's so good it's, his lines are great when he's going as a all right, this today's game was sponsored by. Oh, I can't fight. To hell with it. <laughs> he just he's so great. Um, one of my other favorite lines um, from him is the uh, we got uh, two hits bat two hit batsman one hit one one hit no, got one goddamn hit goddamn on the air. Who gives a shit? Nobody's listening. <laughs> It is it is done in a way, and again, I feel like, you know, I think at that point he was the dad on Mr. Belvedere. Obviously, we know him from the Miller Lite commercials. Yes. And that entire 80s decade. So we knew how funny he was to begin with. But again, I think there's, they could have copped out on it, I guess, by having him do scenes with the players. Like, it's like, no, you're just broadcasting these games. This is your role. This is what you do. You are the voice of this movie, basically. And it does. He, his voice carries with the arc of that movie. Yes. Yes, very much so. Um, yeah, I, I love his. So I love. I, I don't even know if the guy's credited because he rarely says anything, but he's got to have a credit. He does have a line, I believe. Right. But yeah. his his color man, he's not the best color man in the business <laughs> for nothing. Um, yeah. He's just there. Oh yeah, of course he has a line. I just said his line. <laughs> you can't say goddamn in radio. Um, it's great. The, the best. Yeah, it's you know, it's kind of like again the perfect kind of just straight man face. That's all. That's all Euchre needed was like his face, the an expression. You know, hell oh. expression every time Euchre said something inappropriate. Harry Doyle something inappropriate. <laughs> and then you've got you've got another uh, scene stealer, a featured uh, people. Uh, in the stands. It's too yeah. high. It's too high. <laughs> too hard. Would, what do you mean it's too high? It's too high, I thought. It's too, who gives a shit? It's gone. Yeah. They're, they're prominent from beginning to end. Right? They're like the, totally like the uh, Greek chorus. You know, we'll get it, we're going to make this as wow. serious as possible. They're the Greek chorus <laughs> of, this, of Major League. That's right. There's a Greek chorus in Major League. <laughs> I think they represent Everman, the fan. Yeah. They, they represent the Everman fan, the Everfan. Um, who are diehard because they were there banging the, the, the drums mm-hmm. uh, when no one's in, the, in, the, uh, in attendance. Yep. And they're there going crazy. And yeah, it's such. It. I'm going to reboot this as a, as a Greek drama, and, that, and you'll just see the fans <laughs> chanting at the beginning with their. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, 
one of my favorite what's one of your favorite scenes aside from the you know the ending you know that that's great yeah but what's one of your favorite scenes in in the film i well i and going back to lou brown just in spring training which again is hilarious to see them all like bunking on bunk beds in the <laughs> in the area you know and and they carry out uh, Willie Mays Hayes cot there, and he yep. and you know he's like, what? I've been cut already, and, and then he's, and then he just starts racing down with the two guys doing sprints. Like the whole sequence involved in spring training, you know, before the games start in spring mm-hmm. training is awesome. When he when he's all right, don't don't give me this old a bullshit, you know. And every time you play play one off your hip, I want you to give me twenty sit ups. What you know? What? Yes, <laughs> you know um, what is it? Uh, every time he pops one up, he's got to do push-ups. Uh, yeah, so I mean, so all of that, you know, even just. But again, going back to like the heart underneath the, the comedy of it is just even just talking to Jake Taylor, who we have not mentioned in this entire thing. He's basically <laughs> the romantic lead of this movie, and we have not touched on Jake Taylor yet. And you know, just talking about how your knees doing. You get a, you know, we need a real leader. We need someone to guide this. Te- like. There's, they're getting into character work while all this goofy stuff is going on. It's so awesome. Yes, and you're absolutely right. The, the characters are so rich. Um, mm. You've got when they call Jake Taylor, which is something I was about to bring up, <laughs> was when they call him and he's in the Mexican League. He's like, is this you, Tolbert? <laughs> and he's like, you want to play for how would, we'd like to bring you into spring training for the Indians. Yep. Is this you, Tobert? I'm hungover. <laughs> if you're going to pull this shit, you could have at least said you were from the Yankees. Click. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he is the, the beat down. He's been in and out of the majors for mm-hmm. a while. Mm-hmm. Um, his knees are shot. And what you're talking about, when Lou Brown comes to him in, in preseason, and he says, how are your knees? How are your knees? Good. Oh, they feel great. They feel great. All right, we need a leader. I don't need to... I, you know, I don't need anybody lying to me. He goes, I wouldn't bullshit you. You better if you want to stay on this team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and then he throws one down at second base and one hops, and he's like, you know. Yep. Just, yeah, yeah, you could just – you see that everyone, you know, every, every one of these guys is struggling in some way, and, and they, all, they all get their moments, you know, mm-hmm. and that, especially in that final game. They all get to play a part in it. It's really great. And I love Jake Taylor's leadership uh, in it. Like when Dorn, you know, doesn't die for the ball. Yeah. And that's finally when, you know, Vaughn is, you know, starting to get things running. He's being able to pitch. He's got his glasses. Right. You know, and he's starting to do that. And he could have lost the game. And he mm-hmm. goes to his house. I think it's great yeah. when he goes there. He's <laughs> mm-hmm. like, you need some financial problem. You're having financial problems? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I want to talk about that, you know, that ball. And third, you almost tanked it. You know, you tanked yeah. it. And, you know, he, he does it really well. He's like, you know what? I used to love it when you were just a baseball player. He goes, but if you ever tank a ball again, I'm going to cut your balls off and stuff it down your fucking throat. Um, one of my favorite scenes mm-hmm. is the scene where Jake follows her to her ap- apartment. Mm-hmm. The penthouse, because the <laughs> elevator just opens and there they are. And they're having a dinner party or a cocktail party or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the ladies is like, "What are you? What, oh, hi, how are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just trying to get a book and and her fiance, what a <laughs> douche he was. <laughs> um, you know, just being. Oh, so yes, uh, Jake is a major league baseball player. Uh, oh, I hear baseball players. The one girl who wanted to bang him, like she was looking him <laughs> up and down in that movie. Yeah, she was like, she's with her man right next to it. Um, <laughs> it's like." You know, I hear they make a lot of money. Well, I make the league minimum. You know what the league minimum was back then? Oh, man, in 1989, it had to be less than 200 grand, right? Oh, it was way less. League yeah. minimum yeah. was uh, 66. Wow. 66. Now, the, yeah. average, uh, the average family household was 33, I think, or something like that. So he's, mm-hmm. so he's making double the average. But, mm-hmm. yeah, league minimum back then was 66 grand. Yeah, I mean, I remember back, I mean, whether it's a couple of years before, you know, when Ricky Henderson signed the the $3 million a year contract, it was such a big deal, $3 million a year. (laughs) But, and and what was, and what was, uh, and but Rene Russo's character was a swimmer or it was a gymnast? It was a swimmer. swimmer. Because that's my favorite part is when like, so what do you, what are your plans? Well, I figured I'd retire and uh, find a, get married, 
have a couple of kids, uh, kids that become a, become Olympic champions, mm-hmm. Olympi- Olympic athletes mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Really? Really? Do you have, do you have the girl in mind? Uh, yeah, I did, but I, I wasn't smart enough to hold on to her. And then that one guy, wait, Are you? you were an athlete, weren't you? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I was uh, 200 because he, he names it 200 right. medley or something like that. He yeah. actually says what it's going to be. So you're like, yeah, 200 medley with it. Oh, and then they're just the uncomfortable. <laughs> so good. So great, though. Yeah, so great. Oh. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, and again, that's another scene where, yeah, in, in, interspersed with like really well done baseball scenes or, or this really fun, fun, you know, it, 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 moving the characters forward because even for uh, Rene Russo's character, it, it was, you know, it came a long way from just being in the library at the beginning and then being at the game at the end is, you know, just to see that character building a- again, as a teenager watching it mm-hmm. was like, just nice to see, you know, like just to see how, you know, he had to prove himself for her. You know, yes. he had to, he had to come around, you know, he was not a good, you know, he's drunk in, in Mexico mm-hmm. at the beginning and you know, that wasn't going to be good enough for her. I, you know, valuable lessons as a teenager. Yeah, and, for, and what, for those of you that are listening, watching, if you're watching this on YouTube, um, Renee who, and, and are too young to know exactly who Rene Russo is. Rene Russo is Thor's mom. <laughs> there you go. And now you got it. Thor's now mom. you know. The more you know. That's, that's her. But this is back in 1989. <laughs> so she was way hotter. Um, so speaking of hot, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there is one particular scene and camera angle that has always been ingrained in my body because mm-hmm. 1989, I am a <laughs> junior or a senior in high school. Cause I, mm-hmm. Well, no, I am 89. No, I'm a sophomore. sophomore. Yeah, because I graduated in 92, so, yeah, so I no, I was a freshman, freshman. Yeah. freshman in high school, and this scene stuck with me, and I always, anytime it shows up, I'm like, <laughs> it's the scene, um, it's when Dorn's wife mm-hmm. uh, finds out that Dorn is cheating on her, because they, the freaking news people, the media, the always media, the they media. ruin everything, why, um, we can't trust those guys. <laughs> And so she decides to get revenge by sleeping, by picking up mm-hmm. Vaughn. Vaughn had no clue who she was. So after the scene picks up, he's coming out of bed. She's putting her skirt on, but the camera is right behind her left butt cheek. And she just flips <laughs> the skirt. Or the, I'm like, uh, uh, wow, that's, that's an amazing. And it doesn't show much. It's just, just a butt cheek, and she's putting yeah. it on. But it was such a sexy fucking shot for me i'm like that that was the best thing i've ever seen in my life we uh i mean i think that's what's so funny about and i don't know if just growing up with cable tv you know cable tv was new it just felt like i felt like as a teenager maybe you feel the same way like the the little the smaller reveals were bigger in some ways yes than the the all-out like revenge of the nerd stuff or something like that like when you saw just a glimpse, a tease, or whatever. I don't know. That just went a longer way with me. That still I goes agree. a longer way for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I had a girlfriend that would always, you know, we'd be hanging around the house, and she would wear, like, a tank top with no bra when we were going to bed. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, I could see her whenever I wanted to, but it was always hotter when mm-hmm. she would have it, and I could, like, see a little side boob, but it wasn't <laughs> much. And I've seen her naked. Like, I know that. Right. But it was always the hottest thing. I'm like, oh, I'm going to jump on that soon. <laughs> keep doing it. Uh, right. and, yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's always the, the tease. The tease mm-hmm. is always way better. Yeah. Um, speaking of the tease. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's get to what motivates this team to win. Because right now we've gotten, you know, the whole thing. So that is one of my favorite things as well. That's how mm-hmm. you motivate a team. Um, they find out, or um, the general manager goes to Lou and finally says, you yeah. really believe they, we got a shot? Yeah. He goes, she won't let it happen. I can't remember her character name. Um, but she won't let it happen because she's trying to move the team. She wants it to go. And they've taken everything away from them. Took away their plane. Away <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the, the, plane the propeller plane stuff is so great. <laughs> Dorn with the the mask on the plane and the thunderstorm, and he's like freaking out, and he's got his night mask on. Oh my god, it's so funny. Um, so 
you know, they take everything away and they're still winning and, and they're starting to win a little bit. Then they bring up the cardboard cutout and he has the team meeting yeah. and he says, um, she does not think too, uh, too fondly of us. <laughs> she would like to, us to finish dead last. Yeah. We are, I cannot remember the name, uh, how many games we are out. We're out of first this many games, but every time yeah. we win, we peel a <laughs> section. So it's the cutout of her. Yeah, Rachel Phelps. Yeah. Rachel Phelps. Yeah. Cut out of her in a leopard print, like, <laughs> skin-tight skirt. Yeah. I think they had, like, 32 games left. And every time that we win a game, another layer. Yeah. <laughs> I peel a section. <laughs> They're like, yeah! And then, and then they would always cut back to... And then it, I think she was left to, like, in a bikini or something like that. Um, yeah. But I was like, oh, my goodness. Um, that, and you know what? That's a great motivation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think, it, I think it's Jake that says this, too. We can either yeah. give up or what I think we should do with the think? whole fucking thing. Yeah. And it's like, and then Serrano with a cigar. Yes. Yeah. You know, just sitting there. Yeah. Um, watching Eddie Harris throw the ball. <laughs> when you know you know that that guy <laughs> oh my god number one was way too old to be playing mm-hmm. um way too old yeah. and has never really played because it was yeah. so placement <laughs> yeah it was just so painful so slow coming in um it was just bad now ricky vaughn however was yeah. pretty good like he could yeah. throw and and he did pitch in high school. Right. Um, but he took the roids, he said, who he claims. To, uh, yeah, he said so he could try and get <laughs> yeah. his speed up. To and, and there was something, I think they said that he could throw in the 80s during this. Mm. So. And what they did was, especially the last scene, uh, in the, in, or any game that you'd see him, you could get the speed. Yeah. They moved the mound up 10 feet. Oh, okay. So that. he's still throwing... Yeah, he was throwing eighties, right? You know, which is moving. I mean, yeah. it's not, it's not, it's BP normally, right. but yeah, you know, it's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you move it ten, you know, ten feet up, man, it's coming in quick. Oh yeah, it's coming hard. Yeah. And so when they would they would camera, they'd film behind, you know, the catcher. You don't know how far it is, yeah. and it's boom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the buildup that they have for this, you know, just leading up, and then you can see it. You can see the play getting better because in the beginning, they're dropping balls. No one's communicating. Right. And then you see it just getting better. The play, Dorn's making awesome plays, you know, stopping the ball. He's got all the bruises yeah. on his body. <laughs> like, it's like everyone wants to win this freaking championship. Yeah, it really, it really, it really comes through. And there's the awesome, like, sequence throughout they do the american express commercial in mm-hmm. the middle of of, of of the push towards the postseason and yeah and you know it's so funny because the music in a lot of the sequences are so very it's very electronic 80s kind of thing it, it has but you know the other movie i think of around the same time frame which is hoosiers you know for a, for a movie based in the fifties, there's a lot of electronic music in that, but somehow it works, and and like it's so fantastic. But it 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 has that similar feel, you know, to yeah. Hoosiers, and it really it really supports the action. Yeah, and I think they they um the music obviously helped so much with building it up. Mm-hmm. I think they uh, I think they did a really good job creating the game. Yeah, um, where several innings were just kind of me. Mm-hmm. which is baseball. Like, yeah. There's not much. You have a couple of great plays, mm-hmm. you know, especially in a high-stakes game like that. You're bringing right. in different pitchers. You know, people get close to, you know, it's great. And then they build it up. And then I love the fact that, you know, two things. Number one, great way to bring up, you bring up a hated team to be the <laughs> rival. Um, mm-hmm. the, the Yankees, everyone hates the Yankees except Yankee fans. But everyone else, <laughs> no one's indifferent. No one sits there and goes, Eh, no, fuck the Yankees. Well, I love the Yankees. Um, so it was nice to see that because the Yankees have always been the king, you know, the giants, yeah. you know, of, the, of baseball. They've won so many freaking, you know, championships. It's crazy. So it's nice to have that as the rival. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've got that good buildup. And then you've got the, the rivalry between Haywood and Vaughn. Yeah. So we bring in Vaughn. 
And Serrano <laughs> finally gets that. Hits a curveball. Yeah. Hits a curveball, yeah. Which... And- yeah, the, the yeah, with the, the finally uh, that he do he does it himself, right? I mean, yeah. again, uh, lessons we're learning as teenagers. <laughs> it's just like, no, I could do this myself. I don't need, uh, and I don't need to pray to anything or nope. get outside influence. I just need to know what's inside me to know I can hit a curveball. Yeah, um, my only thing was that there are a couple of things that I go, okay. Um, <laughs> one, he wouldn't have lasted five games. Because everyone would have just thrown curveballs and he never mm-hmm. hits it. Like, he wouldn't have made it that far. Like, who's dumb enough to go, I'm going to throw him a fastball? Like, no, just keep mm-hmm. throwing curveballs. Um, and then, two, the fact that um, the owner is still rooting, you're not winning by now. Like, by now, your attendance is, is way higher. Right. Yeah. Like, you've you already know, lost that a long time ago. And what's funny, Ali, is, and I'm only going to source the Wikipedia on this, because it is, I just, like, scrolled through this morning to see if I can remember character names, things like that. And it talked about, on one of the DVD collections, an alternate ending where she tells Lou that she's just doing it as a motivator. But the test audiences said that they they liked her better as the villain, and that's why they kept it. But, But I was like, I've never heard that. No. As much as I know about this movie, and I probably only have an older version of the DVD, but it's, apparently there's a scene where Lou goes to tell her off, and, and she's like, no, I don't, I'm just doing this as motivation. Yeah, I think the fans are right. I think <laughs> if we knew that, like, if that came out at the end, yeah, at the very end, maybe, right. something like that, yeah. then we could accept it. But if, you bring it out, if we know all the way through... yeah. Uh, but you're not you're in the... I mean, are you getting the line in the middle of Wild Thing then when she goes, I hate... Fucking song. Like, yeah. Are you getting that? That's, no, it is that's money. a great line. That is a great the line. Delivery is perfect. Fucking. And then, you know, the GM is like, sit down. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. And he's just clapping. He's applauding. Yeah, Serrano's thing. And then just the setup with Willie Mays Hayes mm-hmm. getting a hit, getting the first. And then also, since, I mean, it's full circle because that was his first hit. The first right. hit was against yeah. them. Haywood's yeah. right there at first. Mm-hmm. He's like, he goes, where are you uh, going somewhere, meet? About 90 feet was then. But back then, he was like, what's that? He goes, I bought 100 of these, every, one for every base I'm going to steal. Right. He goes, time yeah. to take my first steps to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> it's, hard to take, it's hard to get to the Hall of Fame with your shoes untied. Boom. <laughs> and he gets picked off. Oh, man. So it's really nice to see that come full circle, and he's there, and he gets yeah. to steal that base. He got him at second. Mm-hmm. And just the buildup of Jake calling a shot yeah you know he's calling a shot oh my god <laughs> this hasn't no. been done since Babe Ruth in the 93 World Series just <laughs> insane um I'm not gonna give it all away I don't want to give the the thing that happens but I think you should give it all away what are you talking about <laughs> give it all away okay so well because I, I think the other uh, okay now and, and because everything in that final play is amazing uh, Cinematically speaking, to me as a baseball fan, yes. as a movie fan, the, the, the bunt itself is eh. <laughs> <laughs> not a good bunt, but it worked. It, but it, it worked. It was there. But um, you have the nobody for the Yankees who you haven't seen the entire movie playing third base. Uh-huh. And to give him the moment where he goes, Shit. his eye, it's a great thing. Just <laughs> fuck. And yeah. he's got to go because he wasn't expecting it because. Yeah. Jake's calling his shot. And, and, and this is another thing. Unless you're a baseball fan, you don't know that if you're calling your shot, you are going to get some chin music. You mm-hmm. are going to get, you know, dusted mm-hmm. up close like yeah. that. And they went at him, and he's like, whoa. And he comes back up, doesn't even, doesn't even dust himself off. Yeah. He points again. He's like, oh. And then just, uh, I mean, everyone in that sequence is amazing because uh, Steve Yeager, who played ball, who played, who was the catcher for the Dodgers forever Mm -hmm. was the third base coach. And if you just watch him coaching Willie Mays Hayes coming around third. Yes. Spot on. Perfect. On perfect. Running alongside him. And like, come on, come on, come on. It's so good. It is so good. And then the first baseman of the Yankees is played by uh, Pete Vukovic. Uh huh. Who, Pitch for the Brewers, I guess, yeah. as an all-star, right? Yeah. So, so at, at, there is what happens on the bunt, the bunt call. There is the split second that he turns to the ump like, what? 
Yeah. And that was it. That, that gives was, you that just a little bit of time. <laughs> That's all you need. You, that split second cost them. And those of us that have played baseball, what did coaches always say? <laughs> just finish the play. Are yeah. you after? Yeah. Don't just finish off the play. Make sure you're staying in the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going on. Um, yeah. And it gives No, we'll give it all away because just to go back and watch for all those details and uh, Harry Doyle's commentary oh. over it and reaction at the yes, end. Yes, the, the reaction is so great. When he and also nice. I wonder how much he trained, by the way, because he had some pretty good slides. That hook slide mm-hmm. was good. The hook slide is it's good. A good hook mm-hmm. slide. Yeah, um, you know, coming around like that. But Doyle's reaction, man, Euchre's reaction is yeah, the so music good. and Euchre's reaction and the reaction of Willie Mays Hayes oh. and the dugout and the crowd comes in like you know. It's, that play doesn't even happen anymore because they put the shift on Jake Taylor. You know, maybe he bunts down to exactly, nobody. <laughs> exactly. They would have put him would have put the shift on. He was done. Um, yeah, it's it's such a great. And then Renee Russo doesn't have her wedding or her mm-hmm. engagement ring anymore. Right. So there's the love thing that yeah. happens. Um, yeah, it's it's one of my favorite movies. It has yeah. heart. It has drama, like in, in yeah. you know suspense and just oh, it's so good. Dorn, Dorn punches Vaughn in the celebration and then picks oh. him up and hugs him. Like, yes. I got it. We're done. It's over. Oh, you know. I only got one thing to say to you. Strike <laughs> motherfucker out. Doom. Like, all right. Yeah. Oh. And another part, yeah. And another part of that wild thing sequence, you know, with, with, with Rachel Phelps' line delivery about the song and, and Lou Brown giving the directions to how to pitch to the batter is Dorn in the background, just like hitting the mitt, waiting. Wait. <laughs> oh, so it's good. such a good and 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 I read somewhere that um the first person that Vaughn goes to celebrate with in the thing hmm. is an actual former player uh who was there the last time the Indians were like Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow. Oh, that's uh, cool. It was one of those hidden little things, gems, trivia things. It's like, shut up. Yeah. It's kinda cool. Like he's there on the field with him. Um in, in sports celebration, in movies with sports, sports celebrations, where does this rank? Can you think, what are some of your favorite sports celebration moments? Because my dad, growing up, whenever these sports movies came out on video, for months, he would just, before he went out at night, he would put on, like, from the climactic moment to the end of the movie. Like, that, like the last 20 minutes of a sports movie would be on for months, you know, upstairs in his bedroom. This is a good one. This is a really good sports celebration and, and a lot of times they don't show the whole celebration mm-hmm. you know a lot of movies they cut it right at the very beginning of the celebration or they cut to something else right but this one you get to see the whole thing you get to see fans you get to see you know the announcer the call mm-hmm. guy you know everything and then you get to see the love story going this is one of the i'd put it up there with the rocky celebration you know mm-hmm. rocky celebration when he wins and adrian yeah that's why i hate my first name or i used to hate my first name adrian <laughs> Um, you know, that whole thing. Yeah. Um, Hoosiers is up there. Yes. You know, again, that's a music thing, too. The music of that, I think, is so great in Hoosiers that I think that really enhances it. But that's a great one, too. Um, I mean, there's a I mean, the big game in Hoosiers is good, too. But even uh, the Ollie game when he does the underhand yes. uh, free throws is also very good. Which, by the way, sucked for me. Even though my <laughs> name's not Ollie. It's Ali. And, and Man, I did you had play, it, you had it I did hard. play basketball in high school for a year. And. No, I was the smallest. I could shoot. <laughs> I didn't do underneath. Um, all right. So we've talked about the movie, mm-hmm. and you're going to freaking ace these because you've already answered most of them. That oh, I really? Oh, with. awesome. I'm ready. Um, so here are our 10 questions, and I, I thought I was going to stump you. I had oh. a bonus question, and I thought I was going to stump you with it. And, already and said we've it. already oh. talked about it. Like, yeah. Son of a. Okay, <laughs> so we've talked about this one. Uh, what year did Major League debut? Yeah, 1989. 1989. I, I saw it opening night, too. Uh, it, it was April of 1989, probably the first weekend of April. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, what kind of car does Willie Mays Hayes drive? I don't, know my, I don't know my cars well enough to begin with as Frank the person to know what he was driving. Was he driving like a Studebaker? What was he driving? <laughs> Willie Mays Hayes drives up um, in... in- practice and in, in in the um uh spring training uh-huh. it's no perfect because 
Corbin Burnson, Dorn drives up in his beautiful rolls. Uh-huh. The next car you see drive up is Willie Mays Hayes, who comes right up to the coaches mm-hmm. in a Volkswagen Beetle ah. made to look like it had a hood of a Rolls Royce. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I, I was picturing it. I, I, I mean, maybe I was thinking more about Dorn's car with the old car, but that's funny. Yeah, his was the Rolls. Um, what book does Jake read? For uh, Moby Dick. Moby Dick. Yeah. Maybe, um, maybe he's the comic. <laughs> where did Bob Euchre actually call games? Uh, well, does he still call games with the Milwaukee Brewers? Cause that, right? I don't know if he still does. I don't, yeah. uh, I don't I mean, know. He was he a couple of years ago. Yes, he was the Brewers. Yeah. Um, what does Lou do when Dorn brings up a grievance in spring training? <laughs> he uh, he uh, urinates on his uh, contract. Classic. Classic sound nice. of Classic Foley artist stuff right there, too, with the zipper. Sound yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Foley with the, the, the freaking page. <laughs> the, the urinate the, in the contract. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which actor made their film debut in this movie? First film ever. First film ever. Mm-hmm. For this actor. I, I, what, was it Snipes? No. Nope. Mm. Was it Dennis Haysbert? Now, now, please understand that when I say actor, it could be mm-hmm. male, it could be female. I mean, I, I, I'm going to give one more go and say it's Rene Russo's first movie. It is Rene Russo's yeah. first movie. Oh, wow. First movie ever. Um, what's the name of the GM of the Indians? We know Lou. Uh, uh, I don't think I know it. Is it Charlie? That's his first name. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I don't even remember Charlie. Uh, wait, let me give me a second. It's not like not Becker. No. Uh, no, I don't know it. Charlie Donovan. Charlie Donovan. Oh, man. Nope. Charlie Donovan. Okay. What is Willie Mays Hayes line at the end of the American Express commercial? I do have multiple choice on this if you'd like to hear uh, them. Uh, no, I can I try it first? You can try it first. Don't, don't steal home without it. That's it? Yeah. <laughs> My choices were A, don't slide home without it. Oh, okay. B, use this card, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and C, don't steal home without it. See, I would I would I'm glad I didn't get the multiple choice because I would have second guessed myself. I would over um okay. I kind of feel like I should switch questions because I think you're gonna get the bonus one. Um because you've mentioned it. And mm-hmm. these these last two questions are pretty tough. Um how fast were the last three pitches that Ricky Vaughn throws? Uh, uh, uh 97, 99, and 101. Boom! Yeah! Boom! Wow. Right there. <laughs> wow. Nice. Nice. I wasn't expecting you to get that one. I thought you would get the 101. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the other two are going to be. Yeah, I was like, oh, is it 9,800? But I was like, I think the last one's 101. So I'll just go odds. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So how fast was Ricky Vaughn really throwing? You mentioned it. I mean, he was throwing in the 80s, right? But I don't know if it was in the movie or. In the in, in high school that he threw. It no, was in, the movie. in the in movie. movie. This is part of his interview when he talks about taking steroids and he talks about how fast he oh, actually got man. up to because of the steroids. Uh, I'll just say 80, 85. You 86. son of a bitch. Oh. <laughs> 85. He said he got up to 85. Nice. Yeah, still pretty good, man. All right. Nice. I, I've watched the movie a lot, so <laughs> the fact that I couldn't remember the Volkswagen, I'm gonna beat myself up about the Volkswagen <laughs> the rest of the time. So here was the bonus one. So you've only missed one, um, which was the the Beetle, and the bonus question was uh, the guy who played Haywood was a real Major League Baseball player, played for the Brewers for 11 years. How many home runs did he hit? Well, oh, well, you know, I mean. I'm assuming the only play in the American League, I would say zero. That is correct. Yeah. Zero. And you got his name right. And that was, I was going to ask what the name was his follower. Yeah, zero. Because he looks like a freaking outfielder. I mean, he looks like a beast. Yeah. I mean, Milwaukee playing in the National League now probably wishes they had a a pitcher who could bang Um, like that. Eight of his 11 seasons, he never had an at bat. 
Oh, well. Yeah, I guess not. And the only thing I was thinking of was, like, did he have to hit in the 82 World Series when the Brewers played the Cardinals? I mean, but. Yeah. I, so, yeah. That was a, so, nice work out of you, Mr. Cardillo. Yeah. You know Major League, man. Um, <laughs> dude, this was awesome, man. I'm, I'm glad you were able to jump on board. Um, one of my favorite movies. And, dude, the Mimosa. Oh, yeah. The Holy Mimosa was delicious. I finished it, it already. I'm, uh, I'm at the end done. here. So I was saving it for the end. Good to the last drop. Good to the last drop. Here we go. I'll take my last drop. Mm. That was awesome. Uh, you host a, a podcast as well. So please tell everybody where they can find you, uh, everything that you're up to. Yeah, I do uh, a podcast with my sister that is uh, nostalgia-based in all things Disney. It's called Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz. The last portion of my name there, Cardillo, Dillo's Diz, Diz the Z. And you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Dillo's Diz, Dillo's with the S, Diz with the Z, Dillo'sDiz.com. We got the podcast every Thursday morning. It drops, and we've got a lot of guests. Ali is probably our most frequent guest oh. at this point. He's probably Yay. our most reoccurring guest. But uh, that is a primary focus right now, creatively speaking. We've been having a lot of fun with that. So. Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz every Thursday morning. Awesome, brother. And for those of you uh, for joining us, thank you so much for joining us here on Real Drinks with Ailey Flores. You can find us on Facebook, Real Drinks with Ailey Flores, um, at Real Drinks Podcast. Uh, YouTube, be sure to look for our YouTube page, Real Drinks with Ailey Flores. We're going to post all of our interviews and movies and drinks there. Um, so thank you everyone for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Frank, uh, for coming on board, man. And, uh, we'll see you guys next time.